The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the third chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. Now, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher from, come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, Unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes." So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. If I told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. This is the gospel of our Lord. Thank you, Jeremy. <clears throat> Today in our gospel reading, we get a glimpse into the scary world that Jesus and the disciples lived in. That the faithful, that God's chosen people lived in, in the first century AD and the years before that under the different Herods in the Herod dynasty. You see, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they were who God had put into the pastoral role for the spiritual care and love of his chosen people. They are the watchmen that God ordained to be watchmen over the souls of his people whom he created and loves. 
and they weren't doing their job. And we see this in the smallest, the smallest bit this morning. One of them was named Nicodemus, and he had to come to Jesus at night so that no one could see him. You see, it would have been scandalous. It would have been scandalous because Jesus's authoritative preaching and teaching and leadership, he couldn't help it. It was undermining the political authority of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. People were starved and thirsting for righteousness, which, of course, we hear in the Sermon on the Mount. God's people wanted his word. They wanted to praise him. They desired the sacrifice earnestly for the forgiveness of their sins. They needed pastoral care. And yet, people like Nicodemus, Pharisees, Sadducees, totally missed the boat. Nicodemus was perplexed by Jesus' teaching, it seems. He says, We know that you are a teacher from God, for no one else could do these miracles that you're doing unless they were from God. We, us today, we don't know exactly who Nicodemus was referring to by saying we. Maybe he meant the Sanhedrin. So the coming together of the Jewish Uh, Pharisees and Sadducees in spiritual authority as sort of a supreme court, a last word on trying of the law in Israel. Maybe he meant just a few people in the Sanhedrin. Or maybe he just meant himself and he was using the royal we. Maybe he was talking about himself and Joseph of Arimathea. Since both Joseph and Nicodemus would later help Jesus after his death and in his burial. It's easy to put Nicodemus on a pedestal, however, and we shouldn't be quick to do so. For Jesus totally calls him out and says, You aren't doing your job, Nicodemus. You are a teacher of Israel, and you do not understand these simple things which Jesus is explaining. Jesus seems to reveal that Nicodemus is at square one with the rest of the world on understanding Jesus and his message. Nicodemus, like everyone else, is obsessed with the miracles and the wonders, the signs that Jesus is doing. He can't seem to simply trust Jesus' words in faith, which is Jesus' goal. My word is enough. Jesus addresses this by telling Nicodemus, truly, truly, which he always prefaces something new that he is commanding with. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless... One is born of water and the spirit. He cannot enter the kingdom of God. Like the world, Nicodemus sets to work figuring out the logic of Jesus' statement. Does that mean I need to crawl back into my mother's womb and be born again? (laughs) 
Many in our context of American Protestantism, they even think that when Jesus says you must be born again, that this somehow means one must make a personal decision for Jesus Christ, despite the witness of the scriptures against man's ability to make a decision for Jesus Christ, being dead and lost in our sin, enemies of God. And so it would seem that Jesus, in the plainest sense of the text, is talking about the new birth of baptism, Christian baptism, by the command, the promise of God. Becoming like a child, receiving the Spirit, receiving faith, as a gift in baptism. And the spirit, Jesus says, is like the wind, which, by the way, is the same word. It goes where it wishes, and no man, no woman, has control over the wind or the spirit. He will go and do as he pleases. Jesus is trying to say, Nicodemus, There are no magic tricks here. Don't take me for a cheap conjurer of tricks. All that is here, Jesus says, is simply my word, my command, joined with simple water and the promise of salvation. At this point, Nicodemus still does not get it. Jesus is not happy Because Nicodemus has been given spiritual authority over Israel. All these people's souls are at the behest of what Nicodemus understands from the scriptures. And yet, Jesus says, he does not understand the things of God. None, Jesus says, none of what I've told you so far is pie-in-the-sky stuff. No, this is all common work of the Holy Spirit. It's all visible in common things here on earth. It happens every day. Baptism, faith, the scriptures, these are all things down here on earth. Hello, earth to Nicodemus, come back down to earth where I am. Jesus Christ. Yet Jesus does reveal where faith and faithfulness leads. He reveals what the Spirit is giving through the ordinary work of Christian baptism. The cross. A target on your back. Jesus talks about When the people rebelled against God in the wilderness in the book of Exodus and Numbers. So God sends these venomous serpents to bite the rebellious people of Israel, the Hebrews. Yet God gave them a way out of this fallen state. Anyone, God said who looks on this bronze serpent mounted on a pole and raised up, would be delivered 
from the venom in their veins. They had to look at what they feared the most. They had to stare constantly at this snake, which was killing them, to get deliverance. And in the same way, Jesus says, the Messiah must be raised up on the tree that whoever believes in him will have eternal life and have salvation. They will be saved from the venomous sin, the venomous temptation, the desires of the flesh which separate us from God. God so loved the world, or God loved the world in this way, he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. God gave his son to be sacrificed for the sins of the whole world. But what does John tell us on Christmas in John 1? Yes, God gave his son to the world for them, for their sins, yet the world knew him not. Like hard-hearted Pharaoh, the world cried and continues to cry, I know not God. Nicodemus and the religious leaders of Jesus' day did not like the gift which God had given them. God was supposed to condemn the world. The Pharisees and the Sadducees were teaching. Yet Jesus says, God did not send his son into the world to condemn it, but to save it through Jesus' death and resurrection. All who look on him and believe will be saved. But never forget the following verses. Never forget that the world is enemy to God's Christ. And most rejected this good gift. Yet Jesus says those who do not believe in him already stand condemned in the following verses. The light of the world has come into the world, Jesus says, yet people love darkness instead of the light. What is hanging on this cross is what we're all afraid of. What the world is afraid of. What is hanging on that cross is death, the fear of death, suffering, seeing your child die before you, loneliness, pain, being forsaken. All of that is what we see when we look at the cross, and it's why people like empty crosses. They don't want to look at that. You and I are scared of this. The world hates it. And so Jesus beckons us, stop trying to be like the world. Love them, point them to my words, Jesus says, but don't be them. Be my chosen people. Be the offspring of Abraham by faith like Abraham. May it be counted to you as righteousness when you look at this cross with a forsaken, dying Jesus Christ and let it be for the forgiveness of your sins. 
Because Jesus dying on this cross is the light that has come into the world. God loved the world in this way. God loved the world in this way and in no other way. He chose this way to love the world. His son's death and resurrection as your gift. You can't buy him. You can't steal him. He's a gift. And the way he begins to give the benefits of this work that he did on the cross is joined to water in holy Christian baptism, as Paul tells us. Tens of millions of babies are baptized each year. My own baby will be baptized in June. But do they all remain in the faith? these tens of millions who are baptized? We all know the answer. Salvation must be grasped by faith, Jesus says. If one does not continue to hear the good shepherd's voice, he says, to eat his body and drink his blood as he bids in his final testament, how can the life Remain in him or her, Jesus asks. The more you listen to the voice of the world and not your good shepherd, the more the world will be your guide. And when the blind lead the blind, both fall into the pit. A few years ago, my wife read to me, I don't know if it was Ask Amy or who was asking who, but it's one of those articles in a newspaper where you write into a woman and she gives you advice. And this mother-in-law was upset that her daughter-in-law gave her a Christmas present, which was a crocheted blanket, hand crocheted by her daughter-in-law, that she had crocheted over the course of of a year following her wedding. The reason why she was upset was because the mother-in-law had purchased a crocheting store gift card for the wedding and given it to her daughter-in-law. And so she said, I don't want this gift. It's like she re-gifted what I gave her. Why didn't she buy me something at great price and give it to me? It's hanging on a chair in our front room, and every time I look at it, I hate it more and more until I finally threw it away. Amy, why would my daughter-in-law do this to me? Your baptism is the means by which the precious gift of Jesus Christ's death and resurrection have become yours, your death, your resurrection for all eternity. This treasure, this gift, is yours. I recommend you cherish it. I recommend it. I recommend that you share it with everyone that you meet, not to despise it, not to throw it away. In Jesus' holy name, amen.